This morning, we are most likely concluding our series. I, I say most likely because there's still a couple of ideas bouncing around in my head, but uh, I imagine this is going to be how we conclude our series on the Bible doesn't say that. We've looked at a number of things that people think are in the Bible, but really aren't. And this morning, I want us to look at one that you know the quote is not from the Bible. As soon as you see it, you'll know that the quote is not from the Bible. But many of us live as if we thought this was biblical. Let me show you what I mean. This morning I want us to talk about, it looks like this isn't trained anymore, you're going to have to help me. Dr. Primrose, thank you. Let your conscience be your guide. Now that's not from the Bible, where's that from? Disney, Pinocchio, that's right. Pinocchio, out there trying to figure out how to live life without his nose growing too long, right? And to help him, the blue fairy gives him a little friend. Who's the little friend? Jiminy Cricket. And Jiminy Cricket teaches Pinocchio, let your conscience be your guide. And that is really good advice. It really is. And, but it's not complete. It's missing part of, it's missing an important part of the story. Now, the reason I say that many of us live as if we thought this was in Scripture, even though we, we know the quote isn't, we live like we, we, we think this is biblical, is the reason I say that is most of us make decisions based on what feels right. We're letting our conscience be our guide. Again, not a bad idea, just incomplete. There's more to it than that. And that's what I want us to spend some time on this morning. I want to see if we can, uh, can kind of dig into this just a little bit more and, uh, and talk together about conscience. All right? Let me see something real quick. All right, I think I've got it now. Thank you, Dr. Primrose. If I don't, I'll holler, okay? All right, let your conscience be your guide. If you have your copy of Scripture with you, let's look in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. We're begin going to begin at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 4, beginning at verse 1. And what I want, where I want us to start with is the, the, the reality that on its own, your conscience is not a reliable guide on its own. Jiminy gets things wrong sometimes. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Let a man regard us in this manner. Paul is talking to the church. He's talking to the church about how to understand ministers in general, specifically apostles, but generally speaking, how do you, how do you understand the role of minister? How, do you, how, how does the minister fit into God's plan and the church? And so he says, let a man regard us in this manner, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
in this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. The idea is simple. We understand ministers to be the messengers to the church. They are then stewards of the mysteries of God. God is using the, the, the minister as a messenger. Because that role is so vitally important, it is incredibly important at the end of verse 2 that one be found trustworthy. Verse 3, But to me it is a very small thing that I should be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. Now look at verse 4. For I am conscious of nothing against myself. Yet I am not by this acquitted. But the one who examines me is the Lord. Now in this, in this text where Paul is talking to the church about the role of the minister and how the minister should be trustworthy and all those things, he says, I can't think of anything that I've done wrong for you. My conscience is clear. I can go to sleep at night without worrying about anything that I've said or done to you. But then he says, but that does not make me innocent. He says, what does he say? Yet I am not by this acquitted. It, it's even more clear and easier to read in the NIV. Look at how the NIV reads verse 4. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Now, when Paul says that, he, he, whether he means to or not, he reminds us that the conscience by itself is not reliable. He says, my conscience is clear, it's clean. But that does not make me innocent. Why? Because the conscience is not the best judge. So he says, it's the Lord who judges me, not my own conscience. By itself, the conscience is not reliable. When I was in high school, I had, a, uh, I had an English teacher who was, uh, who was really kind of, kind of an odd fella. Um, you, know, uh, you know spearing in football? Dive with your head first. Before it was illegal, this is many, many years ago, he was the first guy to bring that practice to Baylor University when he played for Baylor. And so his head, his head got beat up a little bit through his college career. And by the time he got to teach high school, there's some funny things bouncing around in there. <laughs> He's a great guy. I connected with him somehow. <laughs> and I'll always remember that whatever was going on, whether it was class or a personal struggle, he would say, to thine own self be true. Think on that for a second. To thine own self be true. 
What a great statement to teenagers. To yourself be true. You are not here to try to figure out what your friends think you're supposed to be and do. That's going to mess you up. To your own self be true. You do what you know. You think along the lines that you know are right. You be true to you. Great advice. Advice, by the way, not from Scripture, but from Shakespeare, from Hamlet. To thine own self be true. And to be honest with you, that helped me a whole lot. And still does from time to time. Still does from time to time. People that, people every once in a while have a tendency to kind of attack those in leadership in one way or another. And there are times when I have to stop and say, is that attack valid? And every once in a while I say, to your own self be true, John. You know what's right. You know you've done what's right. You have to set the attacks aside. It helps. But it's incomplete. Because I can be true to myself, but myself is flawed. Right? Be true to yourself is huge, great, excellent advice, but it's incomplete because self is flawed. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It seems right, but self gets it wrong sometimes. Conscience on its own is not reliable. And the reason for that is Jeremiah 17 and 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. The human heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. By itself on its own, self is going to mess up. By itself on its own, conscience is not reliable. It's not reliable because it changes based on our circumstances. A woman was called to jury duty. She told the judge that she was not qualified to serve because she did not believe in capital punishment. The judge said, oh, it's okay, it doesn't, you don't understand, ma'am, that this is a civil case involving a man who spent $5,000 of his wife's money on gambling and other women. The woman quickly replied, I'll be happy to serve your honor and I've changed my mind about capital punishment. <laughs> You see, our conscience changes based on our circumstances, based on our peers, based on what might profit us. And because our conscience can change, it is not in itself reliable guide. Which takes us to the second thing that I need you to see, I want you to see this morning, and that is with its God-given partners your conscience can lead you well. Let your conscience be your guide is good. It's just not complete. To thine own self be true is good. It's just not complete. If you add to conscience, 
those God-given partners that work with it, then it can lead you well. Think about the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. Okay? A thermometer tells you when it's hot or cold. It reports to you and it tells you when it's hot or cold. Thermostats don't define hot and cold. We define hot and cold for the thermostat. Right? You come to my house when it's bedtime some of you are going to be really cold. We like to sleep cold. Some of you when I go to your house, people, you got to learn what an air conditioner is. <laughs> Whew. We got, we have different, we have different, uh, what's the word I'm looking, preferences? Right? And so you get to decide what feels hot or cold to you and you tell the thermostat, this is comfortable for me. That's the way your conscience works. You tell your conscience, this is the comfortable range for me. I'm willing to do what fits in this range. Your conscience is not a thermostat that tells you right and wrong. You decide, based on all kinds of things, what range is comfortable for you, and you tell it when to speak up and when to be quiet. It's a thermostat that you set. And because of that, we need to make sure that we rely on other resources to help us set our conscience correctly. And I want to show you, I think there are more than these, but I want to show you three God-given partners that work with your conscience. These three other resources help you determine how to set your conscience in the correct range instead of what feels comfortable to you today. And the first one of those is, is the Bible. The Bible. The Bible will guide us as we determine right, wrong, left, right, up, down. And so in Psalm 119, we read, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. And it is in that same chapter that later on it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a flashlight to my path. The Bible helps us set our conscience in, in a healthy range, in the right place, so that when the conscience says, hey, John, you're messing up here, son, I can understand the reason my conscience is ringing my bell is because I know the Bible told me to go left and I chose to go right. 
the Bible makes it clear what I'm supposed to do. And when there is that kind of clarification, it gives my conscience something to work with. Martin Luther said, my conscience has been taken captive by the Word of God. And to go against conscience or Scripture is neither right nor safe. Another another resource that I can use to inform my conscience is the Holy Spirit Himself. The Holy Spirit Himself. The Holy Spirit guides, directs. The Holy Spirit convicts at times. The Holy Spirit is God within me saying, John, keep it up, son, you're going good, you're going good. Or the Holy Spirit is God within me saying, John, what are you doing? John, you're disappointing me. No, don't go that way. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to my conscience and I allow that conversation to take place, the Holy Spirit informs my conscience and my conscience becomes a better guide. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. One of the reasons that your conscience by itself is not a reliable guide is you don't know all that much. Sorry. You don't know all that much. So you can't inform your conscience of all that it needs to know to make the great decisions. However, the Holy Spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so if you, if you are willing to trust in the Holy Spirit, you're willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit then begins to inform your conscience. And together, they guide you in the ways of God. And one other resource that will inform our conscience is what we might just call godly counsel. Advice from godly people. Growing Christians. Disciples who are learning Godly counsel. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. One of the great benefits of being a part of a church family is that very issue. So many folks say, Hey, me and God are good. I go out, I go out and I go hunt and I fish and we talk and we're good. I got all I need. Me and God are fine because I, I talk to him when I'm fishing. Okay, that's, that's good. But how much more are you missing, you cheating yourself out of, by not being a part of a community in which there is support and courage and strength and advice. We need one another. That's the point. So God says the ear can't say to the eye, you're not important. We're all important in the body. We need one another for that godly counsel. 
So on its own, your conscience is not a reliable guide. But with its God-given partners, your conscience can lead you well. And then I want to show you, I want to end with one very important warning. And that is that if ignored long enough, your conscience will shut down. If ignored long enough, your conscience will stop trying to get attention. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is telling Timothy to fight the good fight. And in that context, in that, set, in, in that, that statement, he says, fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. They stopped listening to conscience. And because they stopped listening to conscience, they suffered shipwreck. Imagine flying an airplane and without knowing it, you're getting too low. You're getting closer to the, the mountains below you and the land below you. And that automated voice comes on and says, pull up, pull up, pull up. And you think, I got this. I'm the pilot. I don't have to listen to some voice. I've got this. And you ignore the voice long enough until everything crashes. That silly little illustration is actually a very true story. In the 80s, a passenger plane went down. And that exact same scenario was taking place. The Asian pilot heard the voice in English saying, pull up, pull up, pull up. And because it was a foreign voice, he had no respect for it, assumed that it was wrong, and the plane went down. What happens is when the voice speaks, when conscience rings your bell, it's only going to do that for a certain length of time until finally it says, dude, if you're not going to listen, I'm not going to talk. The conscience will eventually shut down. And when it does, Paul says, you're going to suffer shipwreck. A man went to his doctor. I, I've been misbehaving, doc, and my conscience is troubling me. The doctor says, and so you want something that will strengthen your willpower? And the guy said, well, no. I was thinking of something that would weaken my conscience. And we kind of have that tendency, don't we? Shut up. Leave me alone. I got this. 
I want what I want. And by the way, one of the worst lies that has become popular this in the 21st century, one of the worst lies that you're going to hear on TV almost every night is the heart wants what the heart wants. You've heard it? What that means is you don't really have any responsibility. You don't really have any control. Your heart wants what your heart wants. You got to go. You got to do. What they're telling you is turn conscience off. And you're headed for a shipwreck. Because when you turn it off and ignore it long enough, it will shut down. In 1 Timothy, it puts it this way. He's talking about some false teachers. And he says, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. You know what it is to sear a piece of meat or a piece of chicken? You know what it is to sear that? You burn it. Now the rest of the, the, rest of the meat may be fine, but you're burning that, that one section. You're searing it. It means you're burning that. And what happens when you burn it? It becomes hard and brittle. It actually begins to break down. Chemically, it's broken down. Ignore your conscience long enough and it becomes seared, hard, brittle, broken down. And it no longer is able to be your guide. Even with the other partners and resources, the conscience just quits. So on its own, your conscience is not a reliable guide. Because of that, you want to use those other resources. With its God-given partners, your conscience can lead you well. Read and live the Bible. Submit to the Holy Spirit. Take godly advice, godly counsel. And all of those things will work with your conscience. But if you ignore that conscience long enough, just know you're headed for shipwreck. Father, we want to ask you now that you would help us to listen. Help us to listen to the Holy Spirit. Help us to listen to your word. Help us to listen to godly advice. And as we hear those voices, Lord, use those to, to form our conscience, our feelings. Help us to be the people you want us to be, not, not out of strict willpower and discipline, but out of a God-directed conscience that leads us in a God-chosen path. 